Carlson may be on the move, and we have some disappointments and some surprises to talk about, as well as our very exciting Game of the Week segment returns to Western Conference Takeover Tuesday here at Locked On NHL. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Locked On NHL. And thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day if you are a late riser or wherever you may be. You could be like in Hawaii or Australia where you're in two separate days. But thank you so much for joining us. I'm Jess Belmosto, host of Locked On Calgary Flames, joined with my Battle of Alberta partner in crime, Brett Holden of Locked On Oilers. How are you today, Brett? Oh, I'm not too bad that I got, we were talking before. It's snowing here, but it's not too cold, so I can live with it. My face isn't burning whenever I step outside yet, yet. Yet. Yep, it's supposed to be snowing here in upstate New York, uh, I think, overnight or into early morning. It's supposed to start, so uh, looking forward to that, of course. But I think we have a lot to look forward to as the NHL season continues to roll on, as we approach the middle of November. And this is kind of where you start to see people get worried, get (laughs) overly optimistic, or just sit back and enjoy the ride. Eric Carlson, though, is is he going to be able to enjoy the ride? Or is he going to be finding a new home and a new school for his kids? Yeah, you know what? Uh, Tough situation in San Jose. I mean, it it seemed like maybe as soon as he was traded to San Jose, maybe not necessarily a retirement spot for him because he was in the middle of his prime when he was traded there. But then he signs this big lucrative deal that it doesn't end until 2027, 2028. So 2026, 2027. So uh, now you're taking a look at it going, Oh, okay. And that's a little bit of a nice chunk of change. And now he starts off this year. Absolutely insane. 10 goals, 12 assists, 22 points. You're sitting there going, Hmm, maybe some teams around the league could potentially use a guy like him. But then you take a look at his salary and you go, how in everything that's holy could any team possibly bring that contract in? Absolutely. And, you know, uh, general manager Mike Greer said that he will listen to teams um, when if they call about Eric Carlson, which is huge. Like that in itself, I think, is just that's almost as mind blowing as that cap hit because you're like. He has a no-trade clause through the eight-year contract. So is he going to, you know, waive it and, you know, get himself out of San Jose, help the team out, but then go and basically weigh down another team? I think even with the cap increase in the next year or two, I, I don't see a realistic 
spot for this. I feel like the Sharks are locked in completely, and there's no way, unless they're retaining a solid, solid chunk of this contract. Yeah, and it's how I see this going down if it does go down is there's going to be multiple teams in this. Yep. There's going to be uh, in Arizona. There's going to be in Anaheim. There's going to be some team that has cap to eat. There's only three teams in the NHL right now who have $11 million in cap space or more. And that's the Anaheim Ducks, the Arizona Coyotes and the Buffalo Sabres who are having a pretty decent year. But could they make a move for him? Maybe they actually have the most amount of cap space in the league. But if again, if they are to move Eric Carlson, I think there's going to be multiple teams involved and you have to, it's going to end up being Carlson to an Arizona to then flip him back to imagine if he went back to Ottawa, who needs it to thinking. You know what? I wouldn't hate it. You know, the team, a team that does need a defenseman. Uh, I mean, it sounds like every day I hear something different on them and Jacob Chikrin. So mm-hmm. it would make a lot of sense. Kind of. They don't necessarily, they have $4 million in cap space. So if you could flip a, 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 a Eric Carlson to an Arizona and then immediately flip him to Ottawa. I'm going to take a look at Ottawa's draft picks here because that is really, you're going to have to send, obviously, the big pieces to San Jose for the deal. And then you're going to have to send the little sweetener for uh, Arizona to take in that salary. So they do have all of their first round picks going up to 2025. Uh, Second round pick in uh, every year and as well Washington's uh, second round pick in 2020. 24 so they got some capital to do so again i think it's going it will have to take three teams to do this deal san jose will eat some contract arizona the second team will have to eat contract and then whoever he goes to will then get like a 25% of the deal. But that's pretty interesting considering how many steps that need to be taken to try and get an older player out of a difficult situation into a good situation, into a situation where he can win, where he can win a cup potentially as well, and potentially settle his kids for a uh, a retirement. Because again, this doesn't end until 2027. So he's not exactly a rental. No, like this is basically, I feel like a whole new contract. I mean, granted, this was signed in 2019, I believe 2019, 2018. Yeah. Yep, June, uh, June 17th, 2019. Yeah. So, you know, this feels like just a whole new mess for a team to get into. I don't particularly think it's smart for teams to go after this, you know, just because he's hot and streaking right now does not mean it's going to remain that way. And, you know, like we've said, there's still another five years, five years. Yeah. I don't even know what I'm doing in one year. Never mind five years. And again, like there's going to be, the cap's going to go up as well. So you can kind of look forward to that. 
My thing is, is you mentioned it there. You don't know how it's going to go. Well, in the last couple of years, the numbers haven't exactly been fantastic, A, and B, he hasn't always been healthy. In last, just last year, 35 points in 50 games is not too bad, but he only got 10 goals that year, which he already has 10 goals in 17 games already this year. The year before that, in 52 games, eight goals. In 56 games in 2019, 2020, six goals. 53 games in 20, or in, yeah, in 2018, 2019, three goals. He has only scored in the last, what, five, six years. More than 10 goals, well, 10 or more goals in the last two years. So is he aging like a fine wine? Maybe. But the key word there is maybe. 35 points, 22 points, 40 points, 45. And his career over the last five years, his highest over the last five years, was 62. And that was back when he was in Ottawa. So... Is a is he going to be worth that eleven and a half million dollars per year? Obviously, that's going to get sucked down to whatever it is by the time he gets on the team. But he's going to be what thirty seven by the time this contract expires. He's not going to play, I think, until thirty seven. He's way too injury prone. Mm -hmm. So the the I think the cons outweigh the pros to anybody who makes a trade for him. But he is such a helpful team for a team right now that it's kind of tough not to. But then you have to, again, look at the future. Is there a GM dumb enough to do this? The answer is yes. Yeah. But who? Who who is going to be rubbing that one brain cell against their skull (laughs) to get this thing done? And I... It makes sense for like that middleman team, I think, Mm -hmm. because, you know, if you have to, if you have cap space to eat and you're really not looking to add other players, but you can get, you know, a first or a second round pick out of it. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. You're getting some sort of capital out of it. And the thing is, is that it has to be a contending team he goes to, right? Yeah. I feel like that's going to be. Definitely something to keep an eye on, and it makes sense why uh, they're letting it be known now versus, you know, come February when there's four weeks to come up with this plan. Now you have, like, four or five months. So we shall see where this deadline brings us and who else could be hitting the market. I think um, could we finally see... Jacob Chikrin on the move too. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Maybe hell is frozen over by then. Maybe we can finally make a move. And I mean, you you got a good point. That this trade deadline is going to be interesting, especially considering that this is the Connor Bedard draft. This is a draft that is stronger than most drafts over the last couple of years. I mean, a friend of mine and I were reminiscing on the fantastic 2012 draft. Uh, shout out Nail Yakupov. But uh, um. You got to take, there's a lot of things that'll go into this as well. Uh, Jonathan Taves will probably be on the move. Patrick Kane will probably be on the move as well. There are a lot of players in this trade deadline that we could see moved. And uh, like Carter Sauchi or uh, Susie, I always have hear different pronunciations, so I apologize. But uh, a defenseman who could be on the move too. Like there's a lot of moving parts 
in this year's trade deadline. Uh, Jess, let's get into a little bit of our surprises here. This year has not gone to plan at all, I would say. And I would say a lot of teams are sitting there going, what is happening? Yeah. So let's get into some of the exciting parts and some of the interesting starts to the season in just a second. But first, today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis this year. Get all the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline. I mean, the Grey Cup is right around the corner, everybody. Why are you not taking a look at the Grey Cup lines? Obviously, Winnipeg is going to be the favorite. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at Bet Online as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Jess. Yes. A lot of interesting things have started going up this year. I mean, Vegas, who has been uh, slated to be one of the more difficult teams to to watch this year with the very interesting goaltending situation top of the Pacific. The Seattle Kraken are somehow in a playoff spot right now. And the Los Angeles Kings are there as well. Not so much a surprise, but you don't start seeing either of our teams until after those three come out. I mean, there's so many stories out in the Central as well. I don't want to spoil maybe one of them, but on top of that, that or central division excuse me some surprises at the bottom too we've got some surprises just what what's something that's kind of poking out at you here well if you're watching on youtube um i my cat has decided to join me so sorry <laughs> if we pick up some extra purring but um I, you know i think my biggest surprise is uh winnipeg being mm-hmm. nine four and one right now sitting third in the Western Conference I am I I don't know I don't want to call them a sleeper team but I just I feel like they've been in such like a turbulent space for the last few seasons that I certainly didn't expect to see them doing this well especially this early in the season yeah yeah I mean we were talking in the offseason just going Man, this does not look like a good situation in Winnipeg. A new regime, a new head coach. They took uh, Blake Wheeler's C away, and, and you just really sat there and went, "Man, this is this may be in some shambles here." But it's been anything but. You, you're getting production from guys that you didn't really expect. Uh, you're beating good teams, and now they're sitting on top of the division with, again, like you, you, you really see just how different the culture is in Winnipeg. Even, I don't know uh, if you see their uh, TikTok there, but um, they have a pretty nice TikTok. Like you see a lot of behind the scenes of the fun parts of them. And you can kind of see like Blake Wheeler doesn't take it at all personally. He's a professional, obviously, but you can just see the camaraderie with the team. and, And that's, really a testament to Rick bonus this year and just what he's really done to that uh, uh, Winnipeg Jets team. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think it was kind of safe to say that Paul Maurice was kind of maybe sort of an issue yeah. behind the bench. You can um, <laughs> but now he has uprooted himself and is in Florida. So we'll have to keep an eye on that for all of the Paul Maurice haters or fans <laughs> out there. But I, I am also just shocked at, you know, you strip your captain of his captaincy and you're still doing well and you're still like there's none of this weird tension, at least that's portraying itself through social media and they've increased their social media presence as well. So like to me, I'm just thinking like, you know, is this a way to cover up tension or yeah. is this like a genuine thing? But I, winning makes everyone happy. A hundred percent. That whole situation with Pulmaris is really interesting to me. He, he sat there and, and said, you know what? I'm going to take some time. I'm going to step away from the game and then immediately goes to a contender. Right. They're supposed to be one of the favorites in the league. And then also, oh, that team happens to trade for Matthew Kachuk. Oh, no. The team's weirdly good. And you right. sit there and go, hmm, did you really want to take a break? Or did you try and find any possible way to get out of Winnipeg? Which, hey, fair enough. I've been to Winnipeg. I, it's not fantastic. I get it. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Not going to lie, I didn't mind Winnipeg, but don't let anybody else know that. Um, but yeah, I think it's just an interesting situation when it comes to the words that he used and the verbiage just going, ah, it really made it seem like a desolate place in Winnipeg, which again, in the winter, absolutely. But right. I don't know. It just seems weird. It does. Yeah. And um, you have... A surprise. Yeah, I have a couple of surprises. I, I want to give an honorable mention surprise to the Arizona Coyotes power play. Just if you were to guess Ooh. where the power play is for the Arizona Coyotes in the league right now, where would you think it is? Mm, middle of the pack, but like towards the bottom? Wrong. Fair enough, though, because I thought, too. Yeah. They were fourth best power play in the league who's ahead of them uh dallas edmonton and colorado <laughs> oh who is on their power play dyson mayo oh, no seriously i'm like nick ritchie is he having that good of a year yeah weirdly is enough ritchie? yes and that's the thing you I think some of the outcomes for Arizona haven't been in their favor. But at the same time, they're sitting here. They're sixth in their division. They're only two points behind Chicago, which we thought would also be a desolate situation. Yeah. They're uh, a point or they're even with Nashville right now. They have the exact same record um, and they're above St. Louis. N not bad for a team that we sat there going oh, for a team <laughs> who traded for Zach Cassian. Let's be real. Um, but their first off or their first power play unit is much more impressive than the players that are on there. I mean, uh, let's see here. It was uh, Travis Boyd is the center 
for their first <laughs> power play unit. Nick Ritchie's okay. on the right side. Clayton Keller is the star there. But then Shane Goss Bear and J.J. Moser, which is pretty unconventional for a team to use two defensemen on their power play right now, on their first power play, I should preface. And they're converting. That's impressive. I, that You know, I if I had known that and done a little research, I think that would have definitely, definitely be my surprise as well. My biggest one, because that does not, that honestly doesn't sit well with me because that's like, <laughs> like a negative connotation, but I never would have guessed that. No. Never. And to be up there with, you know, contenders like that. And Are the we best... all underestimating? Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> that's what wins you games sometimes. Not sometimes, that is what wins you games. I mean, that's coming from somebody who's covering the Edmonton Oilers. Special right. teams can win you games, and it's especially down the stretch. If mm-hmm. Arizona is still in that uh title or not title contention if they're still in the playoff contention hey hell, why not you have the, the the cap space to do it trade for or, uh, i almost said zach cassian trade for eric carlson why not right All seriously sudden, you have an anchor on that power play that's already apparently good right i wow wow wow, wow. Got it. why not yeah I- and they're above Vancouver, Toronto, Boston, Buffalo, Minnesota, Vegas, Seattle, all these teams who are good, who have firepower as well. Those are teams are all above. And to be behind, obviously, Edmonton's had one of the best power plays over the last couple of years. Colorado, I mean, is one of the best teams in the league. Right. Dallas as well has a whole bunch of firepower. I'm looking at Robertson, Sagan, Ben. I mean, they have... And it's pretty impressive to take a look and go, Clayton Keller's the best player on this team, and this is where they're at. That's one of my surprises. Um, I think genuinely the top three of the Pacific right now would be my surprise. And again, another quick honorable mention to St. Louis, because what's going on there? What on earth is St. Louis? Yeah, but uh, no, I, I would say my big surprise right now would be the top three of the Pacific Division. Vegas, I mean, not a lot of people had them going too far. I'm still not a big fan of their defensive core. But I, I think, I mean, Jack Eichel has been what everybody expects Jack Eichel to be as a hockey player. Uh, I mean, you sit there in 2015 and you maybe not necessarily look at that draft now, but when going into that draft, if it wasn't for Connor McDavid, I think Jack Eichel goes first overall in every other draft. Do not tell Paul Marner that because he thinks his son should have been drafted first. Yeah. Well, those two in the draft class, but (laughs) Hey, you you can't account for stupid sometimes, but (laughs) Hey, all the power. I I love Marner. He's in a good situation, so I don't care. Yeah. Uh, Los Angeles, they've had a great start to the year as well. You sit there and yes, we all thought that Los Angeles was going to be a playoff team. They're the second best team in the Pacific right now. 21 points, only five points behind uh, um, Vegas. They do have two points in hand or two games in hand, so probably should be better. But you sit there, you have a couple of tough decisions or a couple of uh, tough results 
that could have gone either way. Yeah. And they're doing it with a 36-year-old goaltender. Pretty impressive. And they're a team who's had Drew Doughty in their lineup the whole year as well, which is always big time for those guys. Like Brant Clark, who's just cracking into the NHL this year. Obviously, Sean Dursey is still there. Mikey uh, Anderson. And Seattle's in third. I mean, in a year that everybody was kind of writing his off, I had a a crossover show with uh, Erica from Locked on Kraken, and we called this team uh, FC Opportunity. Because there's a lot of opportunity for this team. Well, the fourth overall draft pick this year, and Shane Wright, has played, what, two games since the start of November? I think so. So you're sitting there and you're going, hmm, maybe there's a lot more to these teams that we gave credit for. And then you get into our teams. (laughs) Right, and then Calgary is a mess, but I think they're kind of a hot mess in a good way. But then... You know, L.A. just put up five goals against uh, against the Flames last night. And it was a fun game to watch, although there were definitely some technical issues with L.A.'s gameplay. But at the same time, I think this is a relatively young group where they're going up against a very seasoned, I don't want to say old team, but, you know, more of those veteran players and um they're going to know what to look for. And, you know, the turnovers, the turnovers, the turnovers, the turnovers are going to cost any team games. So, again, that's just if you're looking for certain things in, uh, you know, Anaheim or not Anaheim, sorry, the Kings games, watch how they carry the puck and watch how they move that puck through the neutral zone. And you will see exactly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And that's that speaks to the young core too, right? Um, but and that's the thing I think too. I, I think that gets kind of overlooked. Yes, they're a young core, but think about this young core if they keep having success in the next three, four years, they could be a very scary team to go up against, especially in the playoffs. If they keep their team tight, if they keep their their relatively the same uh, core. Cal Peterson has the natural integration to being the starter. We could see another dynasty in the Los Angeles Kings happening right in front of our eyes. Right. And, you know, I wish this is one of those things where you could kind of freeze Jonathan quick, let him keep winning and winning and doing all that. But, you know, like you said, Cal Peterson, he's, he, I don't want to call him the next Jonathan quick because that is, you know, those are some very big shoes to fill, but mm-hmm. you're coming up right behind them. You're yeah. you're basically groomed to be the next Jonathan Quick in that organization. But we will have to see. We'll check back in, I'm yeah. sure, because this Western Conference standing contender picture oh. look a heck of a lot different. Um, around the time of the trade deadline, you know, I think we were right in our predictions when it came to uh, saying the Pacific Division would be a lot more fun to watch than than the Central. But yeah. that's okay, because we hey, love don't let them know that. Yeah, we love everyone here. <laughs> but before we move on to our game of the week and you know, watch of the week. I do want to talk to you all about uh, our next sponsor. 
And this episode is also brought to you by Simply Safe. If you've thought about securing your home with home security but have been putting it off, you'll want to listen up. Right now, Locked On NHL listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. This is the their biggest offer of the year, and you won't have to miss it. Or you won't want to miss it, rather. I'm very sorry about that. I, you know, you don't want the wet bandits breaking into your house. You don't want Kevin McAllister. You don't want to have a home alone situation going on here. So, in an emergency, 24-7 professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get a priority police response. That is excellent. And I think, you know, especially around the holidays, you want to keep your home locked, safe, and secure. So why not use Simply Safe and you'll get a bargain? Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system that I recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com/slash locked on NHL today. There, this is their biggest discount of the year, so do not wait. That's simplysafe.com forward slash locked on NHL. There's no safe like Simply Safe. We're gonna sound like such homers. Are we? I, I think so. And that's I, I. That's always my biggest fear. Is so I just want to preface this next uh, section here that I hate sounding like a homer, and that's why uh, with my uh, yes, it's a Jack Campbell jersey, but I just want to like this is the Texas Stars. We're, we're so I, I I've, I'm terrified to sound like a homer, but here we are. It sounds like we're gonna be homers. But you know what? That's fine because then we can tell everyone to come listen to our shows at Locked On Flames and Locked On Oilers because um, I might be slightly biased here, but I think we have some fantastic coverage of um, one of the biggest rivalries in in, in NHL history. So, Brett, yes, who is your game of the week? Yes. So uh, once again, I am going to sound like a homer here, but I think this is going to be not necessarily a turning point in uh, the season for the Edmonton Oilers, but I think this is going to be an very important game, not only for the Edmonton Oilers, but for the entire Pacific Division. Let's be real. Going into this season, everybody had either the Calgary Flames or the Edmonton Oilers at the top of the Pacific Division. Well, good choices. They're not. Neither of them are. It's the Vegas Golden Knights. And the Vegas Golden Knights are in Edmonton. Boo! Yeah! (laughs) Expansion teams suck! Um, You heard uh, it here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, But Vegas Golden Knights are going to be in Alberta, in Edmonton this weekend. And I think this is going to be the biggest test for the Edmonton Oilers. They need to beat divisional rivals. Yes, they've been on the road. They've been in Washington. They've been in Florida. They've been in Tampa Bay, which is also in Florida, surprisingly enough. (laughs) They have a very important game coming up against the Vegas Golden Knights on Saturday on Hockey Night in Canada. Who's going to be the goaltender? Will it be Stuart Skinner? Will it be Jack Campbell? Who's going to be the second line winger next to Leon Dreisaitl for the third straight game going, 
hmm, is it going to be Holloway? Is it going to be Fogel? Heck, I wouldn't be surprised if Clem Costin gets a chance at some point here on Dreisaitl's wing. There are questions going into it, uh, this game. And if the Edmonton Oilers, the biggest thing for the Edmonton Oilers right now is consistency. They need to f- get their feet underneath them and keep going. That starts with Jack Campbell. Stuart Skinner gets the game as a second straight game on Wednesday against the LA Kings. Do I expect him to play against the Vegas Golden Knights? No, not right now. So that would mean the net is probably going to be Jack Campbell's. I know I hear all of the teeth chattering on Edmonton Oilers fans in Oilers fans mouths right now. I understand. But if the Edmonton Oilers are able to get a solid performance out of this, I think this is not only going to be the start of the season for the Edmonton Oilers, but I think it's going to be the start of the season for the Pacific division. The Edmonton Oilers and the Calgary Flames start to get their feet underneath them. By the end of the year, I don't think the top three is going to be Vegas, L.A., Seattle. I think Edmonton and uh, Calgary are going to be in it. I like that pick. I like it. I think that um, you're right. That is, I think the biggest thing for Edmonton and Calgary is learning to beat your divisional rivals, especially the good ones, and not, you know – dumping all over San Jose, which the Flames can't do. The Flames can't do that. But, you know, that is definitely a fantastic Hockey Night in Canada matchup. Um, The Flames, which is my game to watch on Saturday, against the Florida Panthers are playing at 4 p.m. Eastern. So um, that is going to be a great game, a great storyline there between, you know, uh, Huberto and Uyghur returning and Matthew Kachuk, you know, there was a fantastic article that came out today from the athletic, um, I believe Julian, is it McKenzie? I think I'm probably not remembering his last name. <laughs> I, there's so many writers I follow, but he had a great article of how this trade came to fruition and, you know, to break down the story, like, just taking you through those days of, you know, Kachuk telling Brad Tree Living that he he wants to be traded and that he doesn't want to be here long term. Uh, and, you know, I think both teams are incredibly competitive. Right now, the Panthers are tied for third in the Atlantic with the Lightning with eight, six, and one, 17 points. You know, the Flames have kind of had a bit of a shaky start. Nothing to be overly concerned about, I would say. But, you know, go go have some fun. Go enjoy <laughs> the sun, the beach, and then probably return back to a foot of snow. But just, I, and plus, you know, if you're in Edmonton or, I mean, Alberta, you are, um, it's going to be a nice afternoon game, 2 p.m., you know, a lunchtime game and you get a nice little nap in before the Battle of, Al- Battle of Alberta. Oh, my gosh. No. <laughs> Feels like, well, it. I guess it's like a battle of Alberta, but just yeah, like, yeah, why not? One team, but <laughs> a battle of the Pacific Division here, basically, with um Edmonton and Vegas. But I think that both of those games are going to be incredibly fun to watch. I, I love um when you know teams go to the opposite coast because I think it's just such like a 
a culture shock, whether it's yeah. like, oh, I live on the ocean to, oh my God, there's mountains, it's freezing, what is this? And vice versa. So, you know, I think it'll be a nice, uh, a nice trip for the Flames and hopefully, hopefully they'll bring home a few more wins than, than last time. Yeah, no, I like that. Uh, just some transparency. We uh, right now, as of recording this, the Florida Panthers are up one nothing on the Capitals. They have seventeen shots in the first period to Washington's five. Great, <laughs> great. <laughs> A team that averages forty shots per game. Sam Bennett, uh, the Edmonton Oilers were just there. Sam Bennett, former Calgary Flame, scored both goals against the Oilers there. So. Uh... Yeah, this is going to be I, I'm excited for that one. That's gonna be a great game. Yeah, I you know, I always love I, I loved Sam Bennett. I didn't cover him for long, but like seeing him be traded and find his find himself and find his game in Florida has been so nice. And what the flames or sorry, what the Panthers and Sam Bennett needed. So can't hate a man for doing what's best for him and that also goes for Matthew Kachuk but Matthew Kachuk is a dirty player and I'm so happy I don't have to defend him anymore because that is not what I'm here for um that is not my responsibility so Armando from Locked on Panthers that is all on you and uh thank you all for hanging out with us today uh Brett where can everyone find you your show and anything else you want to throw in before we wrap up today's episode. Yes, you can find me personally at the real Holden 40. That is on all social medias, including my WWE.com account, where apparently we can see Jess turn heel on Matthew Kachuk. That was wild. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> uh, but you don't care about me, you care about the show. So you can find Locked On Oilers on Twitter at Locked On Oilers. You can find it on all of your uh, podcasting apps, wherever you find your podcast. Plus, we are also on YouTube as well. If you haven't subscribed yet, what are you doing? You get to see one of the coolest jersey uh, collections ever, even though I only recycle about seven of the ones I have. But either way, that is also at Locked On Oilers. Throw us a subscription if you want, please. What about you, Jess? You can follow me on Twitter at Jess Belmosto. That is also my Instagram. That was not my AIM username <laughs> back in 2006, though. I Shout do remember AIM. that. Yeah, that was that was quite a time. But you can also uh, follow the podcast, my podcast, Locked On Flames, wherever you listen to your podcasts, uh, as well as on Twitter at lo underscore flames pod and on Instagram, Locked On Flames. And I have a co-host now. Nick is fantastic. Literally, just like the coolest person to work mm -hmm. with, um, besides Brett because he is my weekly partner in crime as well here at Locked on NHL for our Western Conference Takeover Tuesday, since we are no longer Western Conference Wednesday. What is that? <laughs> we will see you all next week. Shout out Dylan Gunther.